What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It Presents Marvel Pair-Ups, the history of Marvel's movies. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Jamie Girac. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And if you're joining us for the first time, this is a spinoff of our main Hollywood Already Did It podcast, where we are pairing up every Disney Plus show with some type of movie or television show and a little history of how it's done with the What If series, we're talking about each What If episode and going through Marvel's cinematic history from 1944 to probably around 2008 is when I think we'll be done with this mini series because then you you know it after the you're, you're yeah going, you're, you're caught up. There's nothing left to say about <laughs> Iron Man. That's that that beach already has a lot of sand. We don't need to bring more of it to it. Uh, but of course, this week we are talking about some dark what if episodes and Marvel's first real cinematic triumph in Blade, their first try after Howard the Duck, so many years later. But first, <laughs> let's talk about what if episode four, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart in the accident instead of his hands? Terrence, what did you think of this episode? Uh my god it was just a, this is a sad sad episode i i watched i watched it twice so apparently there's something wrong with me like i i want to feel broken uh <laughs> um but no this was a really good episode it was very depressing but kind of remind me of, a lot of these episodes starting to feel like black mirror episodes a little bit but this is what this definitely what this sort of feels like and i was like oh this is terrible and um but i did love that the the impetus of it is sort of showing that like these folks are going to end up within these powers or in these superhero world no matter what how they get there sort of operates and, and how they they react and interact once they have those powers and to see strange like yeah i'm he's still going through the process of getting all of these powers and going through this stuff and meeting meeting the ancient one and all that stuff but then he his heart is broken and so the second he can, the second he can think about it, like I know everything that I need to know to make this work enough, I'm going to go ahead and and and, and switch it out. I found that fascinating. I, I gives you a little bit more into the character study of that. It also sort of points that like I know people are sort of freaking out with the Spider-Man uh, Strange and how he doesn't quite seem like he would be the one to be like, yeah, cool, let's go ahead and do this random thing for you, kid. This could no, I'm glad you said that. that because in the same week that we were like, Doctor Strange would never, we found out that he would literally destroy existence if he could try <laughs> to save somebody. <laughs> yeah. So maybe the dude who is trying to pick out medical cases while speeding down a highway and passing people on a windy road is the same guy who would be yeah. like, we can make people forget. <laughs> I, I do love that we still kept that part. Like, so he's still dick enough to like, I'm going to avoid this truck and just, I'm such in a rush, even with the woman that I care about in here. Terrence, not only does he do that, the first time he goes back in time, he doesn't just like take a cab or slow down. He tries to pass the truck again. <laughs> he has lost the love of his life to this, goes back in time and is like, this time I'm going to pass the truck with my blinker on. I put my blinker on, it will be fine. <laughs> Like my dude, I think you missed the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but I know I, I enjoyed this one. They're starting to improve as they go along, I think, for me. 
Interesting. I, I didn't like the first half because, you know, we just watched About Time for our Loki podcast. And I was like, we just watched Rachel McAdams do this exact same thing. In about Literally time. the same thing. Like, I was <laughs> like, and, and I feel like just like the repeating thing, like it just felt like a thing I've seen a million times. But I love the second half when he went crazy. I love that it ended with him losing and destroying the world. I like how they're willing to go really dark with it. Um, so I was, I was the second half reeled me in. The first half, I was like, "Come on, give Rachel McAdams literally anything else to do on this earth." Also, the whole fixed point thing is, I think, a little weird to me because it's a fixed point in this one alternate reality. Wouldn't a fixed point be in any multiple universes? Not it's, like it's a that. weird, yeah, it's a weird choice. Weird. As soon as they said it, I was like, "I call bullshit," but okay. Well, we're also changing time travel rules now. We're just going back, but we're not, there's not two Doctor Stranges there. We're not doing it with end game rules. But yeah, that was my other, like, we're now in some Doctor Who timey-wimey shit of just like, each one is different, which I'm like, kind of like, whatever, fine. I'll go along on this ride. I'm not gonna, as they said in Looper, I'm not gonna sit here with matchsticks and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with pretty much everything you guys are saying. I. I'm seeing a lot of posts that this is a lot of people's favorite one so far. And I get that it is like the darkest one, the roughest one, the saddest one. And we don't get a lot of stories where our heroes lose in the MCU. And I think that's a fun change, but I, this was not my favorite one. It might be my, even like lower, this might be my least favorite of the four. And I think part of it is that Jamie kind of hit it on the head. Like half of this episode was just like, how many times do I have to watch Rachel McAdams die? I get it. It's a fixed point in time. You've got 40 minutes to do this. I, say, I don't need to spend. And, it's, and some of it was like, it shouldn't have been funny, but it was like when she just dies dancing with him and he's like, no, I just started laughing. It, it does start, like, I have a six sense of humor too. And I, after a couple of repetitions, like when they're eating at the diner and the guy just comes in with the gun, I was like, of course he's going to get shot. Like I started getting to that point. Like, yeah, oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, like it's like, yeah, 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 we got it. He can't avoid it. But I also kind of agreed with Jamie. And I really thought that like, if it's a fixed point, shouldn't that be across every multiverse? But maybe what it's saying is there are fixed points in time travel and they are different like they're all, somebody always has to become a super soldier be it captain carter or captain america someone always has to become a star lord be it t'challa or uh star lord uh, thank you <laughs> you know chris it's, uh peter it's, quill thank you it kind of reminded me of um again about times that the fixed point was once you had a kid you could not go back beyond that that's sort of what happens here but there's no real impetus of why this is the fixed point like there's like we're just saying that this is the spot but you know i the animation in this one though was gorgeous for all of my like story issues with it when we were starting to like suck away some of these creatures and the soul just opening his mouth once he starts fighting the other doctor strange that's when i really was like okay, now we're getting into this horror, sorcery, this like Scott Derrickson feels like he's kind of here, Sam Raimi stuff that I'm like, this is what's kind of missing in Marvel movies right now that we used to do that we're about to talk about a lot more. But, you know, I feel like Spider-Man 2 had like the Doc Ock scene and even like Green Goblin had some horror beats and the X-Men movies used to have these like dark weird scenes and it's something that i feel like we've lost and seeing it here i was like oh we're coming back 
we're going to start kind of putting some like scarier stuff back in these movies. Yeah, definitely. Once the once the thing started absorbing Strange and like it went into him, I was like, oh, I can't wait to this live action thing because I feel like Sam Raimi's going to have a ball. Well, and we're starting to see it slip in the other TV shows too, right? That jump cut of Vision with his stone ripped out in episode three of WandaVision was oh, a yeah. big like, oh, moment. Like we've sort of had it there, but I feel like it has oddly been on the Disney Plus side of things. And I'm like, I'm ready for this like horror superhero genre to come roaring back. But yeah, everything else, I liked him talking to the Watcher at the end. I thought that was cool. Uh, I, I don't know why I still expect any of these episodes to build into something bigger. A part of me was like, oh, this is going to be like, he's going to learn about a universe where it's still a fixed point, but his hands get hurt and he's going to come for our Doctor Strange and we're going to build this villain. And then, but no, we just <laughs> we goes to like a Looney Tunes cartoon, but watching him blast everything, this giant Cthulhu monster he becomes at the end. I was like, this is all great. We spent so long killing this poor woman 20 minutes of a 48 minute episode just murdering this woman once we got to the dope stuff i was like but now it's like very quick like show me more of this weird strange monster show me more of the weird bugs we see the tentacle monster again are we building to something i feel like that's happened throughout all of this series though it's like it, it, all of these episodes are just at each time they feel like, oh, you're about 15 minutes too short, or you're about 20 minutes too short, because you've spent so much time retreading stuff that we, the audience, we're in this. We know this stuff by now. Like, you don't have to beat us over the face with this at a point. You I think can, that's you why I like... have done it one more time. And I'm like, she keeps dying. Cool. I buy it. I just Move need on. three. Rule of threes. Yeah. yeah. She dies. She dies again. Third time, Ancient One can show up and go, it's a fixed point. He can try yeah. it one more time then and fail. And we're, then start scaring me. <laughs> I got it but I think that's why I like the Ant-Man one so much is that one was more just like people are dying there's a serial killer and a mystery you know everything else <laughs> don't worry about it but I'm excited to see what we keep doing I like seeing us start to deal with darker themes that we probably won't deal with in the movies I don't think there's ever going to be a Marvel cinematic tentpole summer opening that's like and then the world ended <laughs> and don't say Infinity War because it doesn't count we knew yeah. there was a fourth one coming. We knew it was going to be fine. That's very different, but that's the closest we've gotten to. And I'm like, yeah, let's keep doing that. Give me a sadder, darker, weirder ending. But I love that ending for for the for Infinity War. Yeah. Um, but we all did know what was happening. But it was great, even though I knew what was happening as an adult. But seeing that through the eyes of people who didn't, like kids who didn't, they were bawling. I'm like, that's the feeling that they want. That's it. So I don't know. Maybe it, I'm just cynical, and I'm like, movies end happy. Like, if it ends sad, there's going to be another one. We all knew <laughs> Empire that Return back. of the Jedi was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's fine. <laughs> These, this is a money-making machine. We're baby. not. We're not stopping this. Black Panther and Spider-Man just came out. They're not killing both of them. Do you know how many <laughs> toys they can make if they pretend he's dead and then give him a new costume? Have you seen the No Way Home toys? He's in like seven different outfits. It's <laughs> stupid we are undoing everything sam Raimi did that man was like you got two suits and three movies toy biz hated him yeah. kevin's behind the wheel marvel legends we get like eight waves of nonsense <laughs> yeah. uh speaking of all the things that i just mentioned horror some action figure history and obviously a little bit of spider-man we are as i said here today to talk about marvel's 
return to the cinematic screen. If you've been watching us, you know that in 1944, Captain America came out as a serial. We then had de almost decades of television from Universal with Incredible Hulk, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, so many things that didn't work and only one that really did. And of course, the theatrical release of Howard the Duck. For 20 years, nothing happened until one beautiful summer when we had the release of Blade in the late 90s to come out and fix everything. So let's get into this. It is the 90s for everybody. I think really to understand this history, because in terms of movie making, it's very straightforward. There was a script, it was in development, it went through some stars, it got made. But to really get why this is important, you have to understand where Marvel was in the late 90s. We're a few years before X-Men, before Spider-Man, we're a decade out from the MCU. They are about, they're declaring bankruptcy. They are, Marvel Entertainment Group has basically dissipated. It is now rebuilt as Marvel Enterprises in 1997 by Ike Perlmutter, who will go on to be a bad person, and Avi Arad, who will go on to make a lot of Spider-Man spinoffs, but not, but, and be a perfectly fine person. Yeah. They were co-owning Toy Biz at the time, and they needed the Marvel brand to get back up to sell toys. And the best way to get toys sold is to have movies. And there were not any movies coming out. Everybody had grown out of the cartoon show. X-Men was, I think, off the air. Spider-Man was about to be off the air. We were sort of done. There was no real brand awareness out. And the attempt to get that brand back up with Heroes Reborn, a controversial 90s storyline with Iron Man, Cap Thor, failed. <laughs> it did not bring in new readers. It brought about controversy. No one was reading it. Comic books in general starting to dip. So then enters Marvel Heights. We are now at the bottom of the barrel, as they used to say, Daredevil, Punisher, Blade. I think they described them as the scraps. They had the idea to lease them off to an independent company, Event Comics, to make a run called Marvel Knights. The idea being, if I was 10 when I read Spider-Man, now I'm 20 and I want something a little more mature. And that worked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it works well enough that it accidentally coincided with the release of Blade, a movie that they had been trying to make since 1992. LL Cool J was going to be in it. Lawrence Fishburne was going to be in it. Denzel was going to be in it. And of course, Wesley Snipes defined the role, changing how he would look in the comics the same way that Sam Jackson and Robert Downey Jr. would do in a few more years, completely making it synonymous with who they were. Originally, New Line wanted to make it a parody. Then they wondered if a white person could be in it. Luckily, Goyer, Snipes, and their director all fought back hard for some licensing, some creative freedoms. They wanted to make their Blade movie. And as we talked about last week, keep it close to the character, which they did and they didn't. You change some things here and there. The movie was made deliberately to stand out. It's the late 90s. We're a year away from The Matrix. We're about to have Underworld. And in comes Blade with his long trench coat, his dark movies. We're not doing the Tim Burton thing. We're not doing the Christopher Reeves thing. We are grounded, a word that they think has no meaning in Hollywood. But we can get as close as we can here. It's darker. It's scarier. It's ominous. We're trying to combine the... 90s action hero with old horror romance, the old universal movie monsters. And we welded it in to make something that really, the icon, 
iconography of the movie stands out still today. It's an R-rated movie. It makes a ton of money and we're in. It did way more for Goyer who wrote it, who would go on to make pretty much every superhero movie you know. The uh, director, Norrington, would go on to make League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and then retire. And then he was done. (laughs) John Connery both, we're out. You know what, we've got a good one, we're out. It's uh, that movie. We could do a whole thing on that movie. And that, I mean, that's pretty much Blade. It showed up. I mean, that style then, that action, that weird gothic look, this Evanescence music video brought to life, it became put in the Matrix. There was even bullet time before the, everything the Matrix gets credit for doing, Blade kind of did it first. Yeah. And then we had the 2000s and Underworld and Resident Evil, and we have since, you know, maybe done it a little too much, but... (laughs) Guys, I love this movie. Tell it's us about so Blade. Good. Um, I this is only my second time seeing Blade, and uh, I forgot how friggin' good it is. Like that opening. Are you kidding me? The 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 blood rain, the blood rain rave it's party. One of the greatest things ever. Yeah. Like it's so good, and like yeah, a lot of the CGI is like they're like especially like the computer stuff is yeah, it's nineteen ninety eight. I wrote on Letterbox, and I think this sums it up. Like I, I wrote, Blade's impossible to rate. Because it's a four-star Marvel movie, a four-and-a-half-star vampire movie, and a five-star 1998 movie. And, like, and it's just, and Wesley Snipes is so good. It's gritty. It's fun. Ugh. And I'm also excited to talk about the sequels. But before we do that, obviously, Terrence has to talk about the first So I saw this movie about six times in the theaters yeah. in the 90s. Like, I kept going back to the theaters. To I was just enthralled by it. One. How old were you? Oh, I'd be 15, 16, I think, at that point. Um, I was just like, one, there's a black dude on screen. He's beating ass. This is this is fantastic. And then I also really was into vampires at that point in time. So I was like, this is killing two birds with one stone. Um, one, I had not seen anything like that. Like I said, that techno sequence was fantastic. But what was crazy about this movie that I think just hit me harder is that this took itself serious whereas a lot of times when they did these marvel films before they're like uh oh, just take a couple of things that matter from it and we'll just do it our do our own you thing. didn't think howard the duck was serious <laughs> <laughs> and while they do change a couple of things like they modernize both blade and deacon frost like they make deacon significantly younger in the movie and they kind of like hip uh blade up because in the comics he originally he was more like richard round like black exploitation style and then they counter probe switch the, the the comics to match the films smartly because that's all the, the audience knew. But the opening sequence of like the mom being pregnant and after I was like, this is, you're opening a movie? Like, what is happening right now? And I, and I was just enthralled. I, I never saw anything of this world sort of take itself serious. We get it now all the time, but that, at that point in time, which is why I always refer to Blade. People always say X-Men is the father and, and Spider-Man is the, Blade's the grandfather of all of these. Like they start, this is where it all sort of started. They started getting that ball rolling. Like, oh, we can make this. It helps you that, a lot of the audience was not aware of Blade, so they didn't even know there was a Marvel film until halfway through, and you start seeing the logo, they're like, wait, what? This is a comic book property? Oh, well, shit. it's funny, because, like, you're right. X-Men and Spider-Man get attested to this, the fathers of modern superhero movies, as if they're, like, we talked this giant gap, had it not been for Batman movies, that wouldn't have been any superhero movies. We would have this weird era that's just kind of like old serials trying to come back, and, and Batman's there sometimes, but... Blade isn't just the father of superhero movies. It is 
R-rated action in a way that we hadn't done in years. Like Tarantino's not even like Pulp Fiction's out, but he's not doing like Kill Bill stuff yet. Right. We've got so many other this gothic horror, this horror action combination. It all sort of started here. A lot of even like anime influences that then The Matrix ran with. And you're right. Like now we see it everywhere and i feel yeah. like blade is often just people being like yeah it was pretty good I'm like but it did everything for you it yeah. it's the kang of it these movies the it, it laid, laid the, the path everyone else is just walking it yeah it's it, it's insane that like there wasn't a comic book after it uh you want to talk about like the only thing it didn't do was launch any toys like toy biz is next marvel legends line which is what they're doing now in their six inch waves were uh, what they called Spider-Man classics in 2002, which was just six inch versions of what they had been making years ago. So they didn't even get this toy brand awareness for another like four years. Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy about this, because this is like, it was an R-rated thing. Toy, and they were sort of ignoring the Marvel thing because you don't see it on any of the posters of Marvel. You see New Line Cinema and, and sort of that's it. Marvel's like, in production Mar they weren't a brand at the bottom, time right. so years. toys weren't didn't exist for this because it was more so for adults they didn't even realize it, like oh shit we have an entire like cash cow that we're sitting on that we've just ignored <laughs> but that's the other thing it changed right because once toy biz started making those toys those six inch spider-man classics and marvel legends were geared towards adults who had Correct. played with their toys as kids so blade even kind of was like it started selling it to them yeah they, it's, the kids have had their time. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. Let them watch SpongeBob in 1999. They'll enjoy that. <laughs> the adults. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, you said you didn't even know it was a Marvel property for a while. A long time. I, I couldn't tell you. You know what? On, I remember the first time I watched it, which is maybe like four or five years ago. I was still living in Chicago, so it had to be like five years ago. And and it could have literally been like Terrence said in the credits. I, I may have known before that, but I I. I don't know. I don't think I did. Um, because it just that movie, I, it's weird that that movie kind of missed my radar because I'm a big, big vampire movie fan. I love vampire movies. So it's weird. And then I remember my friend Carp was like, you, you haven't seen Blade. And that is why this week when I watched Blade 2, I was like, how have I not? Literally, nobody told me how good Blade Two was. Guillermo del Toro. Well, I didn't even know Guillermo del Toro yeah. directed it until <laughs> yesterday when I watched it and his name popped up. I don't know how this escaped me, but a Blade Two is fucking rules. It's badass. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. It is. It is like that was a movie that I remember when it came out day one. I was like, I'm in, I'm in here, and then I found out at that point in time I didn't really know who Guillermo del Toro was, but I was just like, these creatures and stuff he's drawing, he's doing weird things with these vampires that open up their. What the fuck is this? This is amazing. No, oh, yeah, if, if Blade did stuff that we never saw, but then we would see forever, Blade Two did stuff we never saw that we'll never see again. <laughs> yeah, like, no. that is. Like... <laughs> and somewhere there's a what if universe where he went on to make a Hobbit movie. And yeah. I'm much happier in that universe. <laughs> but Blade 2, that was the first one I saw in theaters. Like I missed Blade 1. And it, Blade 2 was one of those ones that you're just like, I got it. We got it. We have to go to the rental store and get Blade. This there's, was, more, there's more of this? This was insane. <laughs> like that, that movie just took you by the throat. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it still of, holds up. Like, it's very Suicide Squad-y. Oh, so and, you put Ron Perlman and all that yeah. team together? And, yeah. It like literally puts a bomb on his head to like keep him in control. Also, I think it's very interesting that this came out a year before X2 
because it's very similar to X2 in terms of the, you know, uh, the X-Men are teaming up with Magneto. Blade is teaming up with the vampires. And I'm yeah. like, I, you know, I, X2, the X2 I saw a bunch of times in theaters. That was my jam at the time. And like, and now I'm like, whoa, Blade 2 totally came before. Like it was, it totally did things first. And um, they did and everything that, first, including yeah. making a bad third movie first. <laughs> go on with Blade 2. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it, yeah, Blade Trinity came out. But I, I just watched Trinity today. And I will say, while it is a significant drop in quality, it was still fun. I'd watch it again. It's a good time. Like, I, I mean, I, the first two, I will tell people, to, everybody to watch. The third one, I'm like, if you have time, sure. It's not one that I, I actively recommend. There are parts of it I like. Like, I'm a huge Parker Posey fan, so I will stand okay. for her all the time. Ryan Reynolds is great in it, but it, it, it's clear that at that point, Wesley had sort of checked out. <laughs> um, and it was like, ah, oh, he doesn't want to be here anymore. And now all he wants to do is check back in. Please let me in. I see how much money you guys are making. I would love to be a part of that. I got taxes to pay off. <laughs> yeah. He he wanted off that. He wouldn't even open his eyes. They had to CGI his <laughs> eyes back in. That is a real thing. Yeah. Open your eyes on these takes. I'm not opening my eyes. Nope. No. God, yeah, that, the stuff that you hear about the set for Blade Three is just fascinating. It's just that should like, be a movie. That's the be. movie. <laughs> didn't it all? Didn't like Pat Oswalt was it like in a stand-up show that he did it all, or like an interview or something? But like Pat Oswalt really spilled the beans on that. Yeah. One. I also forgot. Like I, I knew Patton was in this because I've heard all those history stories. I was like, oh, because I, of course, when I think Patton, I my brain goes Agents of Shield because when doesn't my brain go Agents right. of Shield? I'm like, oh, Agents of Shield was not Patton's first Marvel property. No, no, and then I mean, you think about it, like, and then Blade Two. I mean, has like Donnie Yen and Norman yeah. Reedus in it. You're like, what? What? You guys are just breaking ground in this in these yeah. movies. It's nuts. I was mad that Donnie Donnie Yen's death was like seen off screen because Donnie Yen's so famous now, and I'm like, yeah. really? That's how we're treating Donnie Yen. <laughs> No, yeah. it would be years before we'll give him an on-screen death. <laughs> but yeah, the, that, that second one is, I don't even know what else to say about it. It's just so good. And then that third, that is really weird how there was this, this, this curse of threes for so long in, in not just superhero movies, but I feel like movies in general forever are like, and then that third one, you know? Yeah. And ran it's out of ideas. Mean, Goyer wrote all three of these, but he directed the third one. And that's mm -hmm. when it was like, oh, you might should not direct ever yeah. again. <laughs> well, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, just... when is the third one the best? Toy Story? Yes. Toy Story. Toy Story is one of the uh, yeah. Star Wars prequels. Oh, oh that's, um, yeah, that's true. Godfather, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And for people, who, for the Marvel fans who have the, not seen Godfather. Yeah. The <laughs> parallel universe where Jaws three was uh, Jaws three people zero, the John Hughes comedy <laughs> scripts. Obviously, that would have been better than Jaws one and two. It's very uh, rare, it's rare the third one. The third one usually it feels like a movie like for kids. Like when I think like I loved Return of the Jedi so much as a kid, and I liked Back to the Future three as a kid, and it's like and it feels like that's what happens with third movies often feel, they, yeah like they feels that way those toys because by the time you get to three you've basically become a box office success otherwise you wouldn't have gotten to that point so if one and two made a lot of money like cool how can we make even more money let's make this broader to a broader audience let's get some hip 
in the case of this one, let's get some hip white people in here and like let's make it snappy and fun and like ignore Blade a little bit in this movie. And you're like, well, wait a minute. We came for the cool black dude who was whooping everybody's ass. Also, what's <laughs> going on with Chris Christopherson? I don't understand his role in this third movie. Like they just like, first of all, it was confusing him in the second, like his him, them bringing him back in the second movie was confusing, but it didn't really matter because it was like cool, cool. But him in the third movie, I have I, I don't know what was happening there. <laughs> yeah. Um, while we were, um, a friend of mine and I were talking about who we would cast as Whistler in the new Blade, and my pick would be Cranston. And now I'm curious who you guys would pick. Oh, Brian Cranston would be nice. Oh, for the new one, for the yeah. Mahershala. It's funny, he would be good, because I didn't, I didn't realize that Brian was as old as he was, and it actually it fits really well, um, now, that, now that I think about it. That's, that's a good one. That's a, that's a yeah. Great, I know, I was proud of myself. I mean, you can never <laughs> go wrong with Brian Cranston. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, who else? I was about to be like, who played Zordon in the reboot? That was Brian Cranston. Uh, I don't know. I'm very bad at these like fake casting. People yeah, are like, who? And I'm like, white people are all the same. I don't know. Uh, I'm normally bad at it too. That's why I'm like, I have to tell you my idea. That, uh, but I am, I am excited for New Blade, mainly because we're going to get vampires in the MCU. I think vampires in the MCU, and I, I really dig Mahershala like now here's where it gets weird I don't know if Mahershala will be as action-oriented as Wesley Wesley was a badass at that point in time. he, he was blading in the out. 90s he was blading his ass out like pass, he coming off of Passenger 57 Demolition Man he was doing all of his own mm. fight sequences so he was in his own <laughs> well I don't know how you're gonna top because like before we talk about this I want to bring up one other thing with Blade that I've always thought is interesting is that it uh all the questions we had after of like what about the black superhero and what about an r-rated superhero movie was answered by blade before we made ages any ago. more of these yeah ages and whatever ago. they were like could deadpool be r i was like but, but we have you did have it proof. 10 years ago and you did it <laughs> i i think we've got to talk about this like i feel like we as a culture have gotten like more like sensitive is the wrong word because but, but in terms of like we don't i think we talk about this especially with like sexual stuff but I think that like we've gotten afraid to like go there. But I think that you, James Gunn just proved with the Suicide Squad that like just fucking go for it, man. The R-rated action movie does not come out as often as it does, and, and when it does, it is either like a Tarantino or an existing IP. Like it, you really don't get a lot of like Die Hard ones or yeah. Alien or Aliens or Blade. This like Blade 20th, still exists. It was 20th that... Century Fox that owned that for a long time. Blade still exists in that decade of the 90s where they're like, we're going balls to the walls with these action films. We're gonna go R-rated, we're like we're speed, we're gonna, we're going all the way in. Um, and in the money, they started seeing that you can make a slightly uptick, a slightly better dollar if you make it PG-13, and then that's sort of what they have gone with. And so the R-rated stuff has started to die off, unfortunately, because I, I think you we're, we're in a world where we'll never find that that true lies or that die hard again because no one's trying to take new IP and make it R-rated. Well, it just means I, that I one day somebody I, will. The right. Protégé just came out with Maggie Q. Maggie Q so I'm going tomorrow because I, I love this. Yeah. And it's okay. I didn't love it, but it's like it was so fun to watch like a whole like a completely blank slate, rated R. It got to be sexy. Michael Keaton, fucking 70 years old today, was still yeah. sexy and badass. And, yeah. and like even though I, it could have been better, it was like it, it was exciting to see an R-rated action movie like that with big names that that it wasn't from an existing property. Mm -hmm. And with like a, a lead that's un 
Orthodox. They would normally like a cast an Asian woman in her in her. I think Maggie's in her forties. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's badass. Um, we don't get those chances anymore because everything has to make such and such amount of dollars. And we're just like, can we just go in and like drop a movie that makes 15, 20 million dollars and call it a day? If it's people will see it. Like I, I, I feel like everyone's chasing that bottom dollar all the time, and we end up sort of pigeonholing ourselves into like this small box. Which is a shame because I feel like Mahershala Ali's Blade is going to be very good. But like, it was such a point of contention and conversation of if it would be R or PG-13. And they haven't really said, but they also like kind of did when they, Kevin had an interview where he was like, ah, well, you know, I think Deadpool 3 is the only R-rated movie we're interested in doing right now. Yeah. And it's like, because once you get into that R territory, you don't only just get things like the sprinkler system with blood and a couple good f-bombs like I'm, I'm like waiting for the marvel f-bomb i feel like i'm always like they get one of the pg-13 right. rating and one of these days like someone's just gonna do it and it's gonna <laughs> be awesome and we're yeah. all gonna be like oh yeah. i thought it was gonna be guardians i really thought rocket was gonna be like where the fucking guardians of the galaxy just once yeah but no um and but you also get like deeper themes i feel like once you kind of get that r rating like you can get into some headier stuff because that like a, a good r-rated action movie is a blade or the matrix or alien or terminator that's like ooh, there's not just violence there's something behind it too right. like i don't want a nonsensical gore for the sake of gore blade but like you it's know it's a vampire movie i'll right. see him chop a head off like yeah. he some blood in a vampire movie like it sucks that I mean they they basically are not in canon anymore. But the Netflix shows like that Jessica Jones, while it was not rated, was definitely rated R because Purple Man was doing some stuff. You're like, this is a, this is some dicey yeah. stuff that you're doing in here. But that's what I want out of some of these. Like I I I want a couple of them. Like Moon Knight should be R, <laughs> but it yeah, it, it's we're getting into that interesting space where they're starting to get to their their horror and their darker characters and their more serious adult orientated characters and i'm curious how they're going to handle that because moon knight is a good example of like you could get into mental health and right. schizophrenia and violence and yeah start doing with, dealing with suicide all that stuff if they ever touch the wheel of punisher again that's another guy that like he has to be R. like he just has to be and we've seen like we've seen logan come out and do it mm -hmm. we've seen deadpool and i I feel like Marvel can spare a little bit of money for an R-rated. Like you don't have to keep doing this. Put another put Disney a new brand on it. I think it's like really the Disney of it all. That's, that's yeah. I do. I do think I agree with that. I think if they were still under doing independently or someone else take, had taken them, I think we would easily have that. But they got to make that call and like, well, the, the reason why he can justify Deadpool is like, well, this was dead. It was already before it got came to us, so we're just absorbing what we had. But they're like, nothing else that we do is going to be that way. I'm like, oh, that's because of the people over here saying we got to sell toys. We got to make a ride here at the Disneyland Park. So sorry. And I can't think of too many franchises. And granted, Marvel's its own beast, but that went R-rated, and then the reboot was PG-13. That was also well received. It's that was gonna, she, yeah, no. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be like, hard. People, I feel like people are 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 gonna dislike this movie solely because it's not it's gonna not go. Our, yeah. Um, like I don't have any. I, I'm sure it's gonna be great. I'm sure I'm gonna enjoy the heck out of it. But I mean, I I find it impossible that we will like this movie more than Blade or Blade Two. 
Correct. And you know, well, yes. I mean, people don't <laughs> like the Spider-Man movies as much as one to do. Uh, but like you can do a good dark PG-13 movie. We brought up Revenge of the Sith, which like has some very dark, brooding dark, moments. The but, Dark Knight like, is PG-13. It doesn't, yeah. it feels like it's R. Yeah. So it's there. But we also just described two movies. Granted, one of them also is, is in the Disney house now. But like, when was the last time Disney made a movie like The Dark Knight, Terrence? Yeah, yeah. I mean, without without the Miramax sort of brand existing, they kind of stuck and they don't have that brand. Like, we can do our adult stuff under this brand. Like Disney proper is like the darkest movie I can think of that's live action. That isn't just like, it was sad at the end, like Toy Story 3, but is, is Pirates. Mm-hmm. And we just got Jungle Cruise, and I was like, ah, it's missing that pirate horror. Like it's lighter, family more family oriented, where it's not the dark, ghouly stuff that sort of gets in the sort of horror elements. Yeah, you're correct. And look, I, I say all this, but that first Blade trailer is going to drop, and I'm going to be here like it's going to be the greatest I thing mean, ever. Obviously, we're all going to see it together. And oh, correct. Lose our damn minds. I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. And by that time, I will have rewatched Blade Two like. 50 times. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I just watched them all for this podcast, and I'm going to watch them all again for the Blade movie. And it, it's, and I'm sure like, in between I, there. I, I was like, uh, he, because my roommate hasn't seen it. I was like, come October when we're doing spooky season, we're watching Blade 2. So let's see. Let's see Blade Luke Goss do an elbow drop off of the top of, like, what has happened? This is amazing. Do we, <laughs> we just got our director announced for it, too. So I am also like, okay, like, let's see what, let's see what we can do. Because he actually just said in an interview that, like, he, they, he plans, he, to like pay homage to Wesley Snipes. I don't know what, exactly what that means, but he 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 recognizes what Wesley Snipes did to this role and uh, and they're not going to just push it aside. I don't think that means that they're going to do some kind of canon creation thing, but I but I do think that they will be you know acknowledged. They're not going to pretend that those movies don't exist. Right. Whether or not I don't well, think that means story-wise, but you know, in terms of promotion and you know, they're not like it's not like they're rebooting that. something that sucks. Well, that's right. the, that's the weird thing. Normally, when you do a reboot, it's something that it's some something went wrong somewhere, and they're like, "Hey, this is bad." Now, granted, Blade Trinity did not do well, but for most part, most people don't even refer to Blade Trinity. They only talk about Blade One and Blade Two, and those are held in some high regards. People are going to be like, "Why are we doing this again?" Other than the fact just to bring Blade into all of this other stuff. Well, there's a, yeah, as I said, there's a lot of great reasons to do this. We've got to bring him into the MCU. I want some of these cool crossovers. Obviously, Morbius is secretly in the MCU. I was say, Morbius Sony is, is just keeping the hush hush. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the worst kept secret in Hollywood right now yeah. is what are, what's going on with that. Uh, uh, Moon Knight, Punisher. Yeah. My, I am like, yeah, let's. If we put Ghost Rider back also, on the board. Yeah. Like, the, I was 19, I think, when Iron Man came out. 17. I was 17. Somewhere no, because I was 18 when I remember. You were 18. I was 19. Fine, I'm an old man. I was 19. Well, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> um, my point is, though, where I'm now starting to see tweets and Instagram posts, and I don't use TikTok because I'm old, but I've yeah. seen posts of people who are like, man, when I was 10 and saw Iron Man, I'm like, you're creating an audience that is now growing up. And mm-hmm. like you did with the Marvel Knights comics, give them something darker now like reward them for sticking around yeah it reminds me like we sort of dealt this with like with hip-hop or anything where like the birth sort of started at this point but that group is starting to grow up with you so you might just start giving them older stuff as that group continues to age up yes still feed the kids because you want to get new new folks on on board 
for that audience that that's been with you all the time, uh, they needed something with a little bit more heft and weight to it to keep them keep them satiated. So I hope they do it because obviously like this darker Doctor Strange episode, which there's no great way to thematically tie these in other than being like, look, we're doing horror again. Uh, what's old is new again. <laughs> but <laughs> it is interesting that this really, I think, has been the first episode that I've seen the most social response to of all four of them so far. This has probably been the one that's overwhelmingly like, wow. And I'm like, it's clearly... Yeah. Let's move in that direction. It's funny because I had thought up until this episode that no one else was really watching these what ifs because it's been really quiet in comparison to like Loki or WandaVision or Falcon and the Soldier post post the episodes on Twitter or on Facebook. You haven't heard that much talking about it until this one when people were like, Jesus, that was so sad. Multitude of sadness, all of that stuff. I was like, oh, you guys are watching. It's just you until this one didn't feel obligated or or in in invited to say anything all four episodes i've only sent i've only done one tweet and normally you know i'm, I'm like especially with wandavision i was tweeting like six tweets a night but, <laughs> yeah uh, but like of all four episodes i only tweeted one thing about colson because it's me um right but so i, I buy that that even like that, that if i'm only tweeting once yeah people aren't gonna be engaging as much and i mean yeah. i think they're hungry for it i'm seeing so well not so many i saw one tweet let me quantify of somebody being like man, this was the craziest stuff in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And a part of me was like, it's so weird that just like a scene of Green Goblin being like, say the prayer and Doc Ock's tentacles is enough for like newer MCU fans to be like, what is this? Yeah, people And it's like, yeah, that... guys, it's it's time to break the formula a little bit. Like we're seeing it in there... what if... I think because of the trailer, a lot of people have been going back to watch the original Spider-Mans and they're seeing that Spider-Man 2 opening with the tentacles joining him. You're like, what's weird? What is happening right now? I was like, yeah, that's that's when it was good. That, that, <laughs> I mean, it's still good. I have no disrespect no, for it right now. But like, I'm the, I mean, one, that I'm first the trilogy, only person who good. prefers the Tom Hollands to the Toby's, but the, I but am too. I, okay, well, great. Yeah, I'm no, I think we're all in no, this I'm mode. A Tom Holland, I'm a Tom Holland fan. We'll I, talk I, in very, I don't even very... just mean as Spider-Man. I just mean like movies. I like I like Homecoming is my favorite Spider-Man movie. I like Far From Home. That's my number one. But okay. yes, I, I don't. Verse. I don't live action. I don't. I don't. In Spider-Man too. I don't look with See? the rose-colored glasses with those those Raimi films as much as that most people do. Although I do still hold Spider-Man two up in a pretty high regard. But that first one, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, it's time. Let's get it. Let's let's beach them up a little bit. It's time. Yeah, yeah. I would love to get it a little rough and rugged with some of my Marvel stuff. I, I feel like they don't think that people can differentiate or, or live in that world. And I, I feel like we are now all well, proven that that's. Not I mean, the case. I think we're seeing it. People really responded to that on division episode we talked about. Even like the the darker stuff in Falcon and the Winter Soldier is what people grabbed onto. Loki had a lot of kind of horror beats like it. It used to be baked in the DNA more of, of a lot of movies. Like horror suddenly kind of started seep the same way comedy did. I feel like those two genres started seeping in. And suddenly you didn't get like a great slasher in a or a great sex comedy because it was all just sort of in the action movies. And I'm like, well, now it's nowhere. Yeah. Except horror is having an amazing renaissance and comedy is not. Um, Very true. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> I feel like now the comedies. The Marvel films 
sort of act more as the comic like that's where you're getting your comedy from you're not really getting it from comedy that's what i mean is like it's become this like this blend and i'm like we don't really get an american pie every summer anymore or uh, the last ones like there was a minute where you had like game night lockers book smart tag there was a hot minute where i was like we're back high school coming of age comedies are back we're doing it and then none of those made money (laughs) yeah they're like never mind this every tag which i think made a lot of money yeah. What a decent amount of money. Booksmart's one of my favorite movies of the last. I, Booksmart, I love. It's the best. Like, I love that movie to death. Yeah, I, it's it's weird though because I feel like Marvel has earned the cachet to do whatever the hell, like to try these, try new things. Like, even if it's not that far out of the norm, Shang Chi is very different. And you, the ending of that movie, you're like, what the? Heck? All right, cool. We're here now. Let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that was another one where I was like, ooh, this is like the breath of fresh air that I didn't just need in Marvel, I needed in film. Correct. I was like, I haven't had a like hand-to-hand martial arts movie. Cause like even that one, again, like we, it's been a long time since we've had a Bruce Lee movie. It, it's been a long time since we've had a, a straight Jackie Chan movie. It's been a long time since Jet Li, the one, like that was another one where the matrix kind of this anime explosion took that for a while and we did get it in your kill bills and your aeon fluxes and but this was i was like oh i miss it now don't just do this here go make a bunch of other awesome like why wasn't mortal kombat this good this should have been the like mortal kombat should have been an r-rated shang chi movie what are you doing guys new line used to be about this life it did they did well, guys, I think that that is our episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening. Leave us a comment. Let us know the last great comedy you saw so that I can watch it. I don't care if it's streaming or not. I do still need to see Plan B. I need to see Spontaneous. There's a list. I just, you know, <laughs> we gotta we gotta get these numbers up though. Spontaneous uh, is the hardest I've cried of any movie in 2020. So I don't know if I'd really call it a comedy, but Damn but it. Plan B is really great uh, and funny. Okay, great. Uh, so yeah, let us know. Um, of course, I said horror is having their renaissance, but you know, I still want more good horror too. Give me all of them. I want everything. Um, yeah, yeah give right. Us just a lot of movies all the time. That's what I want. I just want to feel the way I felt when I was twelve. <laughs> Why do you think I have an N sixty four shirt and this giant Krang next to me? Give it all to me. Uh, and then, of course, subscribe and follow us at Hollywood ADI on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at, as always, Blake. Jamie's at Jamie Cinematics. And Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And, of course, you can listen to the Hollywood Already Did It's regular podcast, which will, as this goes up, have the Shang-Chi episode. And then we'll probably go radio silent because I don't think anything Until Halloween. Out. Yeah, until yeah. October comes. <laughs> uh, so enjoy those old episodes. <laughs> Uh, you can also listen to How Do You Figure, my action figure podcast. Terrence has all the trailer reactions and other movie reviews on our channel. And Jamie is on the Phase Zero podcast at comicbook.com, where you can also read the rest of her work. And we will see everybody later. Bye. Later.